0: Welcome to Momentum Radio, the podcast where you get to hear moms share their stories of how they are making waves of momentum in the world. I'm your host, Brooke Marcovicius, founder of Momentum Marketplace, a market of goods and services powered by blockchain, smart contracts, and most importantly, moms. This podcast is for you, no matter what stage of motherhood you were in, whether you're in the thick of the baby toddler years or struggling with your teenagers. We are here to share stories of motherhood and help all moms gain momentum in their life. In today's episode, I sit down with Ivory. She is a mom of three, cancer survivor, and fitness instructor. I met Ivory about a year and a half ago, and I'm so, so thankful that our paths crossed. She is such a light in the world, and I am so thankful to know her. Our conversation hit on the ups and downs of motherhood not coasting through life, but thriving, overcoming cancer, her mission to help others, and so much more. This is definitely an episode you don't want to miss because you will laugh, you might cry, it is just all the feels. We did have some sound issues due to having kids around, but trust me, it's worth it to still listen. Let's dive in. Okay, Ivory, tell me a little bit about your journey as a mom. Um,
1: I didn't want to be a mom. So that was never my plan and my intention. I wanted to get married and do all the married people things and wanted to travel and experience life. And I never saw being a mom in that picture. Um, Even when my friends would talk about, I want to get married and have babies, that was never something I wanted to have and then I have three babies now and it's still a struggle to want to stay present and be a mom um, and reflective of my relationship with my mom, she didn't want to be a mom either and so I was never taught like to be maternal and to be motherly and all that which I'm learning now um, and so yeah it's been, a long journey that's no. not over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do now that I am a mom I'm like it it's good it's it's good it's hard um to choose motherhood but I can't imagine my life now not being a mom even though I still have these like things
0: yeah no I think it's so important um i I'm, I thought I wanted, I mean I wanted to be a mom, I guess, but at the same time I feel like I had no idea really what that entailed because right. You know, you don't really remember what it was like when your mom had you when you were little, you know, mm-hmm. and um, my mom had a, my sister when I was 12, so I kind of saw I had an experience of like doing a little bit of the maternalness. Um, when she was little, because there was, I was babysitting all the time. Right. A lot of time. Um, but it can't compare <laughs> to your own children. Nope. And dealing with your own kids. Yeah. As they're literally As,
1: screaming in the background and right now. your
0: children right now. <laughs> we are at the Podworks. Um, this is what we do. We're moms, and we're finding a time. Um, to make it work. And that is totally okay. I'm sure your kids are screaming in the background as you listen to this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think so many moms might feel bad even saying that. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's silly because um, if we don't own, you know, our own journey and how we came into motherhood, how are we ever able to choose motherhood and right. really understand it? So, And I, I do
1: that's think that's important, important too own that like I didn't want this and here I am and I think that has been one of the best things that helped me Mm -hmm. in this role and confessing that and even telling my husband I didn't want this. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm a better mom for just admitting that because now I'm like, no, I don't have to pretend like I have it all together or that I love this or I'm Mm -hmm. so good at crafts and all these things because I'm not, you know, and that I can come into motherhood as myself and what kind of mother that I am with Know
0: because it looks different, yeah. It does. I know it's funny you say you, you had to, you told your husband. Um, because recently I was like. I just had to admit to myself I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm. And yes, at times of my life, it was essential that like we didn't need that. Like I did need to be a stay-at-home mom, but I like working. Like I like having my own thing. Um, and it was important for me to to be able to say I choose this and yes. this is what I want. And it's okay. And my kids are fine. Like they're with my nanny right now, mm. and that's fine. And they're yes. happy. They're doing fun things. And then it'll be great to cuddle them when I get home. But I'm enjoying them. now being with me. Right. I think
1: I'm coming into that, like, as well. Just Mm -hmm. now I've started working a little bit. It's not a little bit. It's actually a lot of, like, (laughs) Wow, it's not just I go to the gym and I work out for an hour and I teach my classes. There's a lot of planning and there's a lot of things. And I didn't think I'd be a working mom. And now that I am a working mom, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I wasted, like, the last... (laughs) Few <laughs> years of my motherhood just staying at home and not not, not like it's a bad thing, yes. right? I yeah. was supposed to be home, yeah. obviously, my story, you know, with all that, yeah. I couldn't work. But yeah. now that I'm tasting it, I'm like, oh, okay. And like finding my groove in yeah. that has been really like, yeah. it's good. And I
0: feel like you're becoming a better mom now, like, I mean, a better, yes, mom and in no, a different way.
1: Yes, like, yes, <laughs> I, I navigate do navigate this new life. Yes, yeah. I do feel that yeah Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where i i guess i didn't expect it to be as hard as it is to depend on my husband as much i mean when i'm pregnant and i was going through chemo like i had to depend on him a lot and i feel like i'm depending on him the same way i did when i was like physically incapable of doing things but now i am and so like sharing that burden and not feeling guilty and stuff because he is the better homemaker than i am Mm -hmm. and that is like Mm -hmm. It just blows my mind. Like, I thought I would be naturally good at it, Mm -hmm. and I could work and come home and be like, oh, just fall right into it. I'm like, I need an hour to just, whatever. But
0: But we can't do all the things, and I think there's a bad misconception in all of motherhood community that people do all the things because they don't. Right. They truly don't. If... Someone is working tons of hours and running a company and stuff like that. They have a nanny, a house cleaner, like their mom probably moved in, like, you know, all the things. Right. Yeah. And, or maybe they're somewhere in between or their spouse is awesome like yours, Um, And they're able to balance as much as balance works when you have small
1: children. What is balance, right? (laughs) I was – so this week I took the first week off because I got my port Mm -hmm. removed on Monday, which is a huge deal. Yes, And so to heal and all that, I decided, well, I'm not going to teach and I'm not going to do anything because – range of motion and all that but whatever and so I was like oh I kind of like like that I don't have to like go somewhere and like perform in front of people or or put things out and it's nice and my house has never been so clean (laughs) since March of last year and I'm like oh this is nice but then last night I was like getting the girls ready for a bath and I'm like I need a break I need to go like I can't do this anymore like I'm so looking forward to going back into like you know releasing and yeah. being with people because I love sure. them and I love being home but I am like finding I'm created to be a working mom yes. and I think that that's okay and I had a lot of shame for that mm-hmm. and I was in community that shamed that and so to be out of it and be working it like finding freedom in that and not being like, feeling guilty for last night being like I can't wait to go back yeah, I can't wait yeah. to like have a moment to yeah. not you know, no, that's cleaning up pee and exactly. all the things that I already <laughs> yes. do, but I want more on top of yes. it. Yes.
0: yes. Right. I know. I found that, um, ever since I, I moved back into, like, cause I took some time off of working when I had Lucas. So mm-hmm. uh, I was working took some time off back to working and I was so ready <laughs> to go back to work, but just that transition back. And he's a super needy, little child and so it was hard to make that transition Mm. because it that guilt and shame and stuff came back again even though I knew I'm a better mom when I take a break I'm a better mom when I work you know I know these things um but just trying to like come back into that I feel like it's taken me like almost a whole year um since I had him but I finally, I left this morning, and I had, I thought about it as I was driving here. I had zero guilt leaving. I went to the yes, gym girl. and went out, and then I came here, and they'll be, they'll be fine. They'll and be they fine. Are fine you know? Yes, yes. It's just that. Um, we have to go, hey, we're not a martyr, we don't need to be everything, Mm -hmm. it's okay, and if mommy's happy, everyone's going to be a lot happier. And that is true, and (laughs) let me,
1: staying at home, like, I loved it for that season, but I was so bored, like, I was so bored, I was a boring mom, I wasn't excited, I wasn't, like, super happy to be home being bored, right, and I was really lonely, and, like, all those things that come with motherhood, you know, um. But working has helped, like, lift that burden of, like, I'm not bored. I'm actually, like, fun. (laughs) And I have energy. And I have these things that I want to give to my kids and also others now, which I didn't have before. And I thrive on structure. Like, I didn't know how much I needed structure until – So many
0: people people do, and I think especially moms, when we have more structure, then our kids do better, too, because they need structure. Mm -hmm. So when we're at home and we're bored and we're not, like, fulfilling our dreams and happy, we're not really being, like, a great role model for our kids, either. And I think that's kind of the funny thing about, like, you have kids and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to stay home with them, right? Like, that's what we do. Um, or we go back to work like one or the other. There's like this in-between world is hard mm-hmm. to navigate. Um, but I think that we so often think that we have to, like we have to be there and we have to be really great at it um, and that we can't have these other things in life. But maybe you can't have it for that season, right. but you surely can go back to it eventually. Right. And will be a lot
1: happier. <laughs> right. And that's what yeah. cancer did for me. Yeah. It woke me up. Like, yeah. I never thought it yeah. would. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever have to go through, mm-hmm. but it was probably the best thing for me because I'm not the same person I was prior to yeah. having cancer. Yeah. It changed my motherhood, changed my relationships, changed how I function as a wife, and even my relationship with myself mm-hmm. evolved. Yeah. Like, all of the things that I prayed for and hoped for and wished for as myself was the cancer was the vehicle that delivered on those things, which is so crazy because it <laughs> it was awful. Like yeah. it wasn't like yeah. it was like it's not glamorous going through yeah. it, and it's hard and gross and yeah. And then to see like where my life is now, I would have never like traded that in for anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so
0: let's let's now you just gave a, a beautiful segue into the next section. Um Ivory is a cancer survivor and so boop, we're boop. gonna talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that today. Um you're actually the second cancer survivor that I have interviewed so far. Awesome. So I love I love not that cancer is great, but the stories that come out, like you mm-hmm. just said, are amazing. So let's talk a little bit about what it was like when you found out you had cancer. What was your life? What did it look like before? Because you said it, you know, it really transformed your life. So Mm -hmm. what did it look like when you first found out?
1: When I first found out, what was Mother's Day weekend of 2016, which that was... It Okay, so when I got that phone call, two things happened. I was relieved because it was like, finally, there's... I knew that there was something wrong with me, but I would go to the doctor and they'd say I was healthy and I was fine and all that stuff. And so... Um, And I wasn't like doubled over in pain. Like I wasn't presenting these symptoms like a lot of people who have like Crohn's or whatever. Like because I had a lot of like stomach issues, but I wasn't like it wasn't dramatic in the sense of how it manifested um, in the physical. Mm -hmm. And so when I got the diagnosis, I was relieved because I was like, oh, my gosh, we finally know that's that's what's wrong with me. And I'm not crazy and it's not just in my head, you know. And then I was like terrified. Like what does this mean? You know what what are we gonna do? who's about who's gonna take care of the kids? like if you know um if it becomes more than stage one because I was told um, that no. it wasn't cancer when I got the tumor removed or the polyp or whatever because I had colon cancer and then um and then when he called me the next day to tell me that it was cancer, he was like, it's stage one. I think we have it. I think this is all we need to do. And then, to sit down with a surgeon who goes through everything the next week. And it was like, it happens so fast. When you're in that world of oncology, you go from like diagnosis to like, oh, now I'm meeting my surgeon who's going to cut me open and take, you know, half of my colon out. And so, um, and I, and then getting the stage three diagnosis that not only had it gone through, it affected a lymph node. And then we have to do chemo to see, to make sure that it doesn't go in any of the organs was like, we went from, it could be cancer, it's not cancer, to stage one, to stage three, all in a matter of days. And oh. so, it was, It I still was relieved. Like, mm-hmm. okay, there's an answer. There is, we have a plan, mm-hmm. and we're going to take care of this. And it was the most, like, self-revelation thing of, like, I got to get my life mm-hmm. together. What, how have I been living? And I asked myself those questions, like, really for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was, like stripping and then you go through it and you're like this is awful you don't get like the good stuff when you're in it you get the good stuff when you're out of it and I am like living in all of these things that I learned or that journey because let's be real when I was on chemo I was on the couch and people would come over and be like what are you learning about God or what are you learning about life and what is what is God teaching you and What is, like, you know, like, we're these mystical creatures that, like, all of a sudden have access to this, like, beautiful stuff in it. I'm, like, um, I haven't taken a shower in four days. And I'm gross. And the steroids make me really um, aroused. So I want to have sex. My husband's, like, I don't want to have sex with you. And I'm, like, (laughs) and then he's, like, can you take a shower? And I'm, like, you know, it was, like, the (laughs) most, like, I would be laying in bed. Seriously, okay, this is. So, this is one of the things that you had asked a question, like, what's something that you don't, like, tell people? <laughs> yeah. All my cancer friends know because it's, like, in the world of yes. that, you know? So, it's, like, seems appropriate, but, like, outside of it, I'm, like, why people find this offensive? So, when I was going through chemo, the steroids are crazy. First, they make you gain weight. It's all that stuff. But one thing I didn't expect was that would make my sex drive go insane through the roof who knew Who knew? right and then you're not really supposed to have sex when you're on chemo until like a couple days Uh and I had no idea because we don't really talk about it because it's like an old person's cancer and so my oncologist when I asked her about it she was like well old people get this cancer so I don't know what to tell you and I was like oh okay so to do a lot of research at that time there was like none no research out about you know and so I was like uh I guess we're just going to have sex because I just can't control myself. (laughs) And that's, you know, and it would be, I'd be like in bed eating chips. It'd be in my neck and I'd be sweaty and gross because I'm, you know, on chemo because I had to take it home. And he'd be like, well, can you like take a shower first? And like not, and uh, and the lights have to be off. I mean, it was like this whole thing. And then like my chemo pumps every like hour. So it'd be like, right. And so we'd be like intimate and it'd be like, in the background oh my gosh it was romantic it was the best anyways and then okay also this is kind of getting a little um intimate here I would get so it it like you know it ruined your immune system and so I'd get all these yeast infections Uh hello and then my oncologist was like what is going on and I would be like I don't know I'd be lying to her because I didn't want her to know that like you know and so yeah it was one of those things where it's like I don't didn't expect that to yeah. happen and I don't really talk about it because yeah. who wants to hear that? Anyways, but I you think have it's hilarious. To have some
0: laughs when it right. Comes. And then I look at that, <laughs> I'm like, this
1: is hilarious. Like. That was like I felt like what like, what they would describe like a teenage boy. It was yeah. the weirdest thing. Yeah.
0: But that's so I mean, I'm so And it's not about everyone's that. experience you know? too. Yeah, Cause yeah, I yeah, would like yeah.
1: sit at these meetings uh-huh. and I would be like, Did anybody have this? And you'd be like <laughs> one other lady would be uh-huh. like me too but don't tell anyone or like oh my gosh no most of that's most of it but then every once in a while there'd be another lady across the table being like yeah it was weird yeah <laughs> it's hilarious so it's a blessing and a curse that is
0: great <laughs> that is great well um so that that just that was totally unexpected <laughs> I love this I love that so I'm gonna start asking that to everybody what's the story you did you haven't told people um so how has your experience with mm. cancer? I know you, you you briefly touched on this, but how has it changed your life? Like what has from that diagnosis mm, mm-hmm. to now? What is a what has changed your life with cancer?
1: Everything. Everything. It changes because it is chemo. It also changes like you physically, it changes like the way your brain works. And so when I say that I'm not the same person, I'm really not the same person I was before my diagnosis. And I feel so far away from her um, that sometimes when I look at pictures, I don't recognize myself. But then I also see, like, a girl who was, like, really broken and needed mm-hmm. something to wake her up. And I'm really glad. Um, So, like, physically, obviously, there are things that I that have changed for me, like I have neuropathy, like, you know, like that's the tingling and pain in your feet and toes, something that I deal with that way. Um, I have chemo brain, which is some, it's like mommy brain, but like a thousand times worse because
0: I have both mommy brain Uh and
1: chemo brain, you know? And so, um, I deal with that and how to work through all that PTSD. Never had that, have that, um, and even though those things are negative, those things have all been like used for good in my life because it's like now I have to take now I have to learn to take care of myself. I have to learn to really, um, you know, learn how to care for me as a person because I didn't I didn't do that before, yeah. and I never really thought about myself in that way of like being gentle and kind and loving. it was just like you have to do, you know. I felt like a robot, I guess, yeah. or just like I was just coasting. Mm um, through life. And now being on the other side of it, I feel more free, more myself, more, I feel more relatable. I think too, it made me human where before I don't think I allowed myself to be that. And it, I had to sit with the broken and I had to face death, my own, death. And I think that will really humble a person when you're like, I could not make it and I could die. And then you watch people die and you're like, that could be me. And when you're surrounded by death like that, it can't help but like affect you. And you can take it one way. Like you can go down the road of like sorrow and depression and all that, which I've been there, which I had to go there. Yeah. Um, but it also can breathe, can bring life. And joy and, okay, well, I'm going to live because I don't know. I I heard this quote the other day of, like, we don't know what the length of our life is going to be, but we can determine the depth of what our life is going to be. And I'm like, because we don't know. And that's one of the things that has taught me, Mm -hmm. depth of life instead of this, like. Because I didn't really think when you're young. I was 32 when I was diagnosed. And so I didn't think my youngest baby was seven months old. I have this whole life ahead of me. Okay, we're done having babies. Now we can move on. And my husband was graduating from college, he was getting his master's degree the week I found out I had cancer. And so we were, like, ready to move on with the next chapter of our life. We weren't ready for this thing. But this has moved on us to the next chapter because now it's better. Yeah. Then I... Yeah, I can't even imagine what it would have been like had it not been for this.
0: That's amazing. I think that... Uh, I feel like there just has to be a wake up call for people. I mean, I've had my my own wake up calls, and mm-hmm. it sucks that it's like bad stuff that has to. Make right? How hard headed was yes.
1: I that I needed this I thing like, to be like?
0: We, <laughs> yeah, it's like why? What wasn't why I paying attention to? You? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I I hope that any mom that feels like they're coasting through life or like surviving, not thriving, just like. I hope they don't have to have a wake-up call of cancer or other things. Um, But just, like, go and thrive. Mm -hmm. There's no sense in sitting and not liking your life because it's not helping anybody. And you don't want to – I I have to come back to that. Like, if people are like, oh, but I need to take care of my kids. Yeah, but they don't need to see you unhappy. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that do to them? Oh, right. mom was unhappy her whole life, you know, Mm -hmm. and she didn't really like playing with us. I mean, they're going to see that stuff, you know? Right, yeah. Um, But if they go, oh, yeah, mom works and she loves what she's doing. Like today, Lily was saying, oh, mom, what are you going to do today? Are you talking to anybody? Are you interviewing them? Like she's really excited about the podcast. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, So now that she sees that, she goes, oh, mommy does something besides just stay at home with (laughs) Mm -hmm. me. Like she has something that makes her happy. And I think that's really important um for
1: our kids to see right what's that quote they our kids don't need a perfect mom they need a happy mom and that changed me because i wanted to be so perfect and i was like i'd rather be happy and then that like lowers the playing field right like okay now i feel like i can be the best mom and they're knocking on the door (laughs) we have a guest it's fine to see okay no more knocking I love you too. Oh look, you look like Belle. Oh look, Ariel. Oh, we have
0: two beautiful princesses.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Big hug. I love you. <laughs> All right. Um I oh I did wanna say one thing. Oh, when also back to the question of like what's something that you never really oh, told yeah, anyone. Yeah. So um, and I was like, oh, this feels like a good confession time. So, like, really, <laughs> no, like, do, like, to say, like, so I I wish I could go back. I know, I feel here. like that. <laughs> like, okay. Um, I wish I could go back in time. And this is something that I am, like, learning right now in the moment. Um, so after I got diagnosed and I, after chemo, I got asked to speak out a lot of things and to, like, tell my story. And I wish I'd go back in time and and say no. Because I was still in the thick of all of the trauma from that. And I'm like, I feel like there's a part of me, I know that like, it'll be used for people's good and that people will get stuff out of it. I know that. But man, the stories now are so different than yeah. the stories I told two months post chemo or even three months or even six months post.
0: I and have, I wish I would, yeah. I
1: wish I could go back and be like, let me have a redo because there's yeah. so much that I wish I didn't say and so much I wish I could have said, but I didn't have the fullness of well, yeah, you those. Have right? Until mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, and so... I'm like, that's one thing, because I felt like, oh, if I don't say yes, I'm gonna miss the opportunity." opportunity. Again, and if yeah. I don't get it out now, then people are going to be like, "Oh, well, she had it like two years ago. It's not, it's not fresh enough. It's not new enough," <laughs> which is hilarious because yes. even though I'm cancer-free now, it's still like happened yesterday to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's still really new and fresh well, to you me. Just and got
0: your port out. I mean, that's still like, right. Huge. I mean, that was a, literally still a part of your body. Oh my gosh!
1: And know? it was like the most emotional. I didn't. So I got my port out on Monday, mm-hmm. and I'm sedated, and I said can I see it when you take it out? And they're like, well, if you're awake enough, we'll show it to you. And I was awake enough, and they showed it to me, and I lost it. I was bawling in there, and I was – and I'm, like, not there. I'm yeah, – yeah. but, like, there's a part of me – like, we're still – I'm still present. I'm, I'm looking at it and yeah. the guy walked out and he was talking to my husband and he's like, she's a little emotional in there. So do you want to take some pictures of it? Cause they wouldn't <laughs> let me take it home and I yeah, wanted, it's yeah, like a biohazard yeah. or something, yeah. whatever. Um, and so, but I was like, oh my gosh, like there's still like my body is still holding on to like that. Yeah. And like, here's this too. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was crazy. I just, like, yeah. lost it. And so I posted a little video of it, but it was, like, full-on, like, bawling. Yeah,
0: I know. I saw the video. And that port is huge. Oh, like, my gosh. I had no idea that it was that It is ginormous. And it,
1: like, stretched all the way down. Oh it was crazy. Gosh. Now it's gone. I mean, it's still a little banged up, but... Yeah. But,
0: wow. Like, yeah. Like, that's just amazing. I, I'm actually surprise people ask you to talk that soon after having cancer like that's interesting to me i i think having my own victimhood of of going through domestic violence Mm -hmm. it amazes me that we ask victims to speak so soon after Mm -hmm. the of what they went through um and i feel like it's unfair like in many ways because like you said like yes i feel like their story is important to share um yes, I feel like it needs to happen, but it needs to happen when that person is truly ready to mm-hmm. speak about it. And you'll know when you're ready.
1: Right. You know and I, I thought mean? I was ready.
0: <laughs> and the lights went
1: off.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> it's okay. It's up with Oh, all right. I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, are we
1: losing power? What's happening here?" <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs>
0: it's up with the front hand and it is at child level. Oh, oh perfect. So cool. We got a little yeah, mood lighting. So cool. That's fine. Um
1: yeah, and I and that's the part is I thought I was ready and then I would sit down to write my story yeah. and I was like still hurt over certain things or yeah. I still didn't feel like I had forgiven things mm-hmm. or myself or people or situations or – and now I'm not – I'm not, not even that person, you know, yeah, like because yeah. I will – I think I would tell the story differently. Mm-hmm. I think it would come out differently than yeah. it was because I was still so broken right, right. in that. And I wish I would I wish I would have known myself enough to be like, no, not right now. But get me at the next one. Yeah.
0: Well, go and listen to my the first episode that I recorded because I talk a little bit about having your distance traveled story. Because, like, Mm. for instance, I mean, Oprah has her distance traveled story of she had, you know, sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and um, poverty and all kinds of stuff that went on with her. And now she's super successful. Obviously, everyone knows Oprah. Um, But I told a little bit about my distance travel story. And I mean, I left my ex eight years ago. And so just knowing that, like, for me, it literally took me eight years to truly tell the full story and, like, really get it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that, and I'm surprised because I like to share stories. I like to, you know, I've told little bits of my story here and there, Um, but I think it's just you've got to slowly, you know, you heal in different ways. Mm-hmm. For me, and, and I don't know if this happened to you, but, like, obviously cancers aren't the same thing, but it's still that, like, life, you know, altering thing that happens to you. Um, and for me, it was, like, I needed to move forward with my life before I could truly take care of the healing. Like, yeah. I needed to be in a different place, a different, like, scenario. I needed to be doing different things in my life, mm-hmm. have, you know, maybe different people in my life and stuff like that before I was able to really start the like hard process of healing internally.
1: Oh, um, I, yeah, I get yeah. that. So
0: that's what that's what's taking me longer on my journey of healing. So it's always interesting to mm-hmm. to see people's stories evolve, you know. And right. so I think it. you get back out there and tell people your story and they'll hear it on this podcast, but um just sharing it at different stages is mm-hmm. really valuable too cuz someone might be a few years post, you know, chemo, and they were, oh, yes, I'm feeling that same way, you know. Right, and so right, yeah. I think it's valuable to share your story at different times too.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I love that what you said. You had to like, almost had to like change your scenery, yeah. You know, yeah. to like really start healing from it, and I think that's what fitness. Because now, yeah, yeah. here I am, girl. Yeah. Because before <laughs> cancer, I was like not into fitness uh it wasn't that was not a thing i mean i did crossfit for a season Mm -hmm. after i had my son um but other than that i mean and i did like stuff in high school because who doesn't do some sort of sport in high school but i wasn't like the best um and so now doing fitness and having that be like my career path and choice kind of just blows my mind a little bit sometimes i sit back and i'm like i never this would have i would have never chosen this for myself And, and I think I had the, the dramatic, it had to be so dramatic, the change, like that scenery had to yeah. change for me. Cause I can't imagine my life without fitness mm-hmm. now, especially cause it's been such a tool in my healing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done therapy, I've done trauma work, I've done so many other things. And this is just another tool yeah. that has helped yeah. like help heal and yeah, help absolutely. move forward, mm-hmm. um, has been fitness just weird
0: yeah so which i just love because we met about a year ago and seeing that come to fruition yeah just Mm -hmm. a year is amazing Mm -hmm. um one so congrats on that of just like taking it and running with it right that's really important literally um yeah literally (laughs) so what is you know let's talk a little bit actually about um since we're speaking of health and fitness, mm-hmm. um, kind of going to like your, bo- I, I talked about this on um, another episode, but what was your body image, you know, pre kids, pre can like maybe pre kids, pre cancer, and then now? Um, I think it's really important to kind of talk about body image um, mm-hmm. with moms because we don't really talk about it, or we talk about it in such a negative way,
1: right? The, 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 the mood lighting again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Here yes. we are. Um, I think. Okay, so I was always the bigger friend of my friend group, and I remember making this decision, like, if I'm going to be the biggest, I'm going to be the cutest. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that necessarily was, like, body positivity, <laughs> but it was more like, I maybe like, well, I'm going to be a badass and be the best uh, at the, like, yes. I, and so that's, like, if I'm not going to be the smallest girl in the room, I will for sure be the cutest girl yeah. in the room. and. That uh, was how I viewed it. Even if I like hated my body, wanted it to change, Mm -hmm. I didn't have tools then like I have now. Um, But you better believe I was dolled up Mm -hmm. and cute all the time and never not without makeup or never not without looking my best ever. I would never walk into a room like I just rolled out of bed. Mm -hmm. Never in sweats. And probably a lot was that self-hatred, like hiding, Mm -hmm. you know, because I trying to fix how I felt inside about myself with, like, all my outer adornments and stuff. Uh, So that was pre-cancer. That was pre-babies. That was my entire life.
0: Yeah.
1: And so – and then – when I got cancer, you don't have energy. Like, even I would be tired with kids, and I would still wake up two hours early to take a shower, straighten my hair, do everything I needed to do to get out of the house. My kids would be perfect looking because even if I wasn't going to be fit looking, everyone was going to look perfect. Um, And that is exhausting. And I would be – and with new babies, like – out of the house with like this, you know, out or even pregnant with like, yeah. cause when I was pregnant with Hallie, Esther was not even a year old. Right. Yeah. And so I would be pregnant all dolled up with a baby on my hip mm-hmm. and a toddler. Yeah. Right. And so I was going to present an image of my body that wasn't true. You know? Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And then when I got cancer and I'd have chemo, I would be like too like sick mm-hmm. to get dressed and too sick to feel like I can get myself together. And that transferred over into like the the year post too mm-hmm. is like, cause I didn't realize that I would have PTSD and I'd realize I would really struggle with depression and I couldn't get out of bed most days. And so I lived in my pajamas the whole year outside of cancer, unless I was in public, but I wasn't in public that often. I really had to learn how to appreciate my body when I was doing chemo because I couldn't lose weight and I was like my last baby, then I'm gonna lose all my weight, right? Yeah. And so when I got cancer, they were like, well you can't lose weight. Yeah. You're gonna lose weight because you're on chemo, but then I didn't and I ended up gaining 25 pounds. So not only did I have postpartum baby weight, yeah. I had an extra twenty-five pounds of chemo weight. And so um I had to like I remember being in the shower, like looking at my body mm-hmm not recognizing it and being in so much pain and being like, I'm thankful for this body because it's getting me through cancer. I'm thankful for this body because it housed babies. Yeah. And that was what I would have to say over and over in the shower, even though I felt gross about what I looked like. Um my oncologist sat down with me and I we were asking I was asking her questions about like, how do I not have a reoccurrence? How can we make this better? And she like looked at me up and down my body and was like, you need to lose 50 pounds. You need to get, like, I know we don't talk about BMI because it's not, like, but she was, like, my BMI was off the charts. Like, it wasn't nowhere near, like, the healthy level. And granted, that doesn't, like, people who have higher BMIs who work out. Like, I wasn't one of those people. I'm not taking care of my body. I'm eating whatever I want, whenever I want. I'm not having any physical. So it was, like, for me, I took it as, like, okay. And she was, like, you're going to have to lose 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I like that's a lot of weight Mm -hmm. like I don't think I've ever one been that on the scale yeah yeah. even in high school do I remember being like then I'm still not there Mm -hmm. today um and I texted Melissa from Sweet Beats mm-hmm. Wellness and another friend. And I said, my oncologist said I need to lose 50 pounds. And Melissa was the best. She goes, it's going to be hard, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I needed someone to tell me that was yeah. going to be hard. Because someone was like, oh, you can do this, girl. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You beat cancer. Yeah. You have kids. You can do this. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, I don't know, for her, for her to be like, it's going to be hard. to Set yeah. the tone. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. Yeah, and yeah. it's not going to happen in five months. I know. It won't. It yeah. won't. And it. And here I am, two years post, okay. and I'm still not below mm-hmm. that. I'm, I have not. I'm not near the 50 pound mark. Mm-hmm.
0: But granted, you're a lot healthier. I am a lot <laughs> healthier. Yeah, yes, yeah. because I have. I'm sure your oncologist is happy with. She that is. That yes, I'm healthy.
1: finally like so. Like my like, I finally under like the BMI. Yeah, for but you her. needed to. Yes. You
0: needed to aim for that 50. Mm-hmm. To ha- know that it would be hard.
1: Yeah. 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 And so my body image since losing weight i still i have body dysmorphia and so i still will see myself in the mirror yeah. who i looked like when I was 200 pounds, Mm -hmm. and um, I'll see pictures of myself, and I'm like, this cannot be the same person, Mm -hmm. because when I look in the mirror, I don't see that when I look in pictures, Mm -hmm. and people will make comments, and one, it makes me uncomfortable, because now my body, I feel like, is under scrutiny, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know, like, it's a very public, the transformation, Um, and so it's weird to get comments about my body, it's weird to get, like, you know, because when you're the big girl in the room, no one's saying that you're, like... Mm -hmm. But when you lose this weight, all of a sudden you become noticed. Yeah. And it's, like, it's awkward and it's yeah. hard. And I remember going to a party and people were asking, like, are you eating? Are you eating? Like, what are you eating? And I remember being, like, if you knew how much I ate, if you knew how much I worked at. Like, yeah. like all, all of a sudden people are concerned for my health. But no one was concerned for my health when I had cancer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When I was, like, the thick girl. It yeah. was, like, right? Yeah. And so it's this weird, like... It's weird. I mean we just this.
0: have such a like effed up mentality Girl. of help and and like supporting each other in wellness mm-hmm. in general. Like, um people don't know what to say. I, I think that's the and really, mm-hmm. like, if you don't have anything to say, don't say Just goodness. don't say anything. I just, I just don't say anything. Um, I think we just don't know how to like support people. I know even people that mean really well, like in my life and like in general, will just say things and I'm like was that supposed to be nice? Like, right, like, tea? are those like, comments... Oh, you look really nice today. Oh, so the other, like, 12 days I did it. Like, you know, like, and we always question right. these these things. And, oh, I put makeup on today. Okay, great. Now I look good. You know, like, right. it's just a... Or, oh, yes, I'm working out, but I didn't for three months. You know, like, just all of those things. Um, I think it's... We just have this really weird mentality. Um... So I'm glad, I'm glad that you're you're taking your health journey and doing your own thing. I'm trying. It it really, we can't, we can't worry about what other people think, but yeah. That is true.
1: And I've learned, like, I I have some really good girlfriends who are really supportive and, like, when I'm having, like, a bad body image day, like, I will text them out Mm -hmm. for support. Like, I have a problem, like, everyone has, like, their problem area, which is in the world of fitness and also in the era of body positivity, Mm -hmm. it is... Like, there's just no middle ground. No. Not it. It's either yeah, yeah. I'm super fit and I hate everyone who's not fit and I have these like strong mentalities yeah. and strong opinions yeah. about fitness and health. And then it's like the pendulum swings to like, yeah. I have, I eat whatever I want, what, how I want, and I let it feel yeah. good. And, and I'm healing from, all, and I understand eating disorder healing. Yeah. Like, that is complex. Sure. That's not what I'm talking yeah. about here. I'm talking about like, you know, like I'm just going to be whatever there's like no middle of like well how can you have health and fitness with body positivity how can you love yourself and heal from because I found a lot of my like my trauma my body holds trauma so I need something physical Mm -hmm. to work things out like if I'm not sweating like I I did all the therapy I've done all the therapy read the Mm -hmm. books I I still do all those things but if I'm not sweating my body cannot release something and so I need to sweat, I yeah. need that. And then, and I want to give that to people because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if we talk a lot about releasing yeah. trauma through fitness or yeah. through movement, mm-hmm. even like even trying to change my language about how I talk about fitness of like, find your movement, what makes you feel good. And yeah. sometimes it's what works for you doesn't work for me. What works for exactly. me probably won't, you know? And so And I think
0: a lot of people don't use movement to heal from trauma mm-hmm. either. I I know for me, I did for a while. That was actually, like, insanely helpful for me. And then after having, when I was pregnant with Lucas, I was really sick. And so I wasn't able to work out Mm -hmm. as much. And that was kind of, like, the start of the downhill for a little bit for me. Um, And I feel like I had to go pretty internal to deal with some, Mm -hmm. deal with the trauma for a while. And it was probably good in retrospect. But um, it was so good to be out of, like, out of that postpartum year and starting to, like, be able to feel good again in my body. And it wasn't to feel like like lose weight. It was mm. more to just honestly feel like, oh, I can move my body. And I can get this out of right. me and like not be as stressed out and right. get the anxiety out. Um, I think that people, if you look at health and wellness as a mental health helpfulness yes. thing <laughs> instead, I think that's the most important. Because if you're moving your body to make you happy,
1: that's mm-hmm. all that matters yeah and i think because my body has changed Mm -hmm. and one thing is that people don't see like when a friend dies on facebook or dies on facebook when the announcement comes Mm -hmm. out that they've passed on or whatever like i go lift weights i have to like if i don't sweat if i don't do something hard i hold that in and then i can't release it out i have to get i have to get it out so um there was a season last october Um, like a good friend died on my birthday and like, there were so many deaths back to back to back. And I remember picking up the weights and lifting. I remember like sweating until I was grunting because I needed, my body needed to break through on something because it's traumatizing when you're watching people that you had a conversation with a week ago is no longer here. Mm -hmm. And when that happens so often in this community, um, I needed to find something because yeah. sometimes your therapist isn't always ready to like and right. available, And so I had, or sometimes the prayer, prayer is great. And sometimes, but it doesn't, sometimes I don't always feel this release mm-hmm. when I'm praying or when I'm journaling or doing all the things that I do, except for when I'm sweating or I'm well, dancing like- or... And that Move Zumba, because I be do. It's
0: prayerful in itself. Yes. You know? And sometimes it's I'm freezing. praying through it. Uh huh. Prayer is always worth seeing. You're like, what the heck, God? You know? Right. Like, you know, it's just the same as if you're moving your body, mm-hmm. you know, in a or lifting weights until you're
1: grunting. You know? <laughs> <And then>, oh, <laughs> another person, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or like I'm crying, like when well, my dad passed, because mm-hmm. so he passed in 2016, which is right after everything. Like mm-hmm. my God, my first Ned, which means no evidence of disease. Yeah. And then two days later, he passed away. And I was in the Livestrong program at the Y, um, which is what started this whole thing for me, which I love that. Um, but I was so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that program because I got to go that next day or whatever and sit with these ladies. And here we are on, like, the pre core machines crying. I'm just, like, you know, talking about my dad and all this stuff. And then here I am. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it saved me. Mm-hmm. Like having a community and fitness and then having like something that my body is moving yeah. I would be on the couch I'd be mm-hmm. in my bed I wouldn't be I wouldn't have the energy to take care of these yeah. kids like mm-hmm. it gives me something that because my natural tendency is just to like avoid and then like hide yeah. and then not do anything about it avoid. I'm like right. I just don't yeah. want to deal with it I just yeah. want to be happy and yeah. pretty and everything's awesome yes. and <laughs> and this is like no like yeah this helps me not do that yeah because that doesn't serve anybody and doesn't serve me, which is what my life was like prior. Yeah. And so now having this, it's like a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome.
1: And oh, having PTSD yeah. dancing has been like, and I don't know, I feel like Zumba chose me. I think Zumba is so <laughs> funny because it's like the it's like, I think people see it and it's like your mom's workout class like it's not very cool or whatever and people do like other dance classes which is fine but for me I'm like the music is so happy Mm -hmm. and I'm moving my body in these ways and my hips and I'm like feeling sexy for the first time I think also that has helped like I can lift weights and I can ride do all those things but this right this movement makes me tap into something about being feminine that mm-hmm. I don't get to very often, especially as a mom who yeah. feels sexy as a mom. But when I'm like shaking my hips and doing salsa, and doing all these different things. I'm like, yes, yeah. like yeah. I am ivory mm-hmm. and I am sexy yeah. and I am moving my body and yeah. it feels good. And there's something, there's some pleasure about that that like makes me excited. Well, I
0: feel like all postpartum moms need to go to Zumba. Then, right? Because, yeah, I mean, to get your mojo back after Having kids. I mean, right. I think that's really... I mean, it's And important. I tell, like, there's,
1: like, older ladies in there mm-hmm. that will... I just... I know, like, I haven't mm-hmm. shaken my hips like that since, blah, 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 And then, like, what you see on their faces. And you're like, mm-hmm. yes. You may not be able to get all the moves down, but at least yeah, you can shake your fine. hips. Yeah, yeah. Do what feels good. That's what yeah. I tell all my classes. Like, if you can't do these moves, do what feels good in your body. Mm-hmm. I won't be paying attention to you if you're in the back and you just want to, like, do your own thing. Like, that's <laughs> totally fine. Please yes. come and do that. There's yes. no expectation. But... Yeah. But because I know what it's done for me. And I just want to give that to especially you ask, like, what is your mission? And I love that question. I thought about that. And I would love to get in some trauma work. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to start helping. And I don't do it yet. But I think about how much fitness and health has helped me heal from my trauma. I want to give that back to women. And I want to, like, help women release those things, whatever that, I know there's a lot of trauma yoga. Yoga is not my thing, but I love it when yeah, I take those yeah. classes, but like movement through dance or movement through some sort of fitness to help women who have experienced trauma and not just like cancer, but abuse, any kind of abuse yeah. and all those kind of things. You know, I'm a sexual abuse survivor as well. And so also, movement helps release my body, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've been so shut down in that. And
0: reclaim your body. And reclaim. So That's
1: yeah. why you're, like, feeling sexy when I work out. It's like, I'm owning yeah. that, and no one's going to take that from me. And there's, like, a shame that gets um, lifted yeah. when I'm, like, looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, yes, like, this is me, <laughs> yeah, okay? Yeah, like, yeah. and it's good, yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. And I want to be able, like, to do that. And I have no idea what that's going to look like or how that's going to pan out. But I want to see, I want to see a room full of women who are experiencing trauma and be able to release it in an hour class and have that lifted off of them.
0: Well, I think that the problem with, with women is that we hide in the shadows of shame too much Mm -hmm. because that's how our, our society has kind of made it. You know, Um, I remember listening to Brené Brown's, um, Mm video and watching her her TED talk and then reading her books um and she talks so much about shame and it it, I listened to it at a good time in my life because I was able to go okay other people deal with this Hmm. one you know just saying okay other people have trauma other people have dealt with shame um and then how do I get through it you know what are those steps what does it look like for me because it looks like a different Mm -hmm. thing for everybody Um, but I would say that most of the people that I've talked to that have dealt with massive shame moving their body is a huge, huge thing. Mm -hmm. I was just talking a little bit, um, to Melissa from Sweet Beats about this and just the fact that we, like, if it wasn't for the ability to move our bodies, how many of us would stay in the shadows of shame too. Mm -hmm. Um. So oh, I'm so excited about what is to come for you. I, I think that actually just had an idea I'll share with you. Oh girl, the podcast. yes. Um, but I think women need to start coming together and and working towards getting out of the, the shadows of shame because mm-hmm. I think that we can really do so much better work and live so much happier and sexier and mm-hmm. vibrant lives if we if we are doing that
1: and let's do it now yes. before you get something like cancer, cancer. <laughs> or I know we can like laugh about it but it's true it like it I is. wish I would have learned I I do like I appreciate my experience but man to learn this outside mm-hmm. of that just to be able to like do it now yeah. without having to do that mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah. that would have saved me yeah. one time money hello because it's not like this is and resources like if i could have just woken up Mm -hmm. by waking up in the morning and walking into that like today is the day Mm -hmm. man but some of us need a little extra yeah but man to just do it but just do it and
0: not have to because it's
1: not like i didn't have trauma trauma prior to this right it wasn't like i didn't have a hard life yeah before all this but i needed that extra kick out the door and
0: Let's hope so many that of us do, sadly. <laughs> other women don't
1: need yeah. that dramatic of a awakening yeah. to be able to walk through their shame and for to sure. come out of hiding. Mm-hmm. Cause, and I love that, like cancer forced me to come out of hiding.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> what's a big dream you have for 2019 since we just entered a new year?
1: OK, a big dream. Okay, it sounds so silly and selfish, but I don't care. I'm going to say it. I'm going to come out no, of the good. hiding and shame. I'm glad it's selfish. Okay, and I've only ever told one person this, oh, so I'm here shocked. we go. Oh, this God. is oh, for God. everyone. This <laughs> is for everyone. Okay. I okay. I would love to be a fitness model with a real body. I don't know how that will ever happen, but I would love it. I would love it.
0: I don't think that it's far off. Are, I, you. Don't so do you? Yeah. I don't well, know. I don't know. Well, do you know Jenna Kutcher?
1: I do Yeah. Uh, she's her. Like or
0: whatever. Right. Okay, like, so what yeah. my
1: affirmations, because I am a strong believer in affirmations yeah. starting since October of this year or 2018. I write down I'm a fitness model uh-huh. and I write all these brands that I wanna do modeling for. And one of them is Ari. I don't know how. And I'm like, these are doors that I can't open by myself. And I, I don't wanna even, sound I mean, like honestly, I don't wanna sound like like, oh, I think I'm not beautiful to be a fitness model, oh, you but I want to women. inspire yeah. women yeah. whose bodies don't always look yeah. like, you know, there's not enough of that. Yeah. We're getting better, yeah. but I don't know. I would love it. I would love to be at ending 2019 and have like some sort of like a modeling deal, even if it's local. Yeah. I totally can see that. What's that place downtown? So it's the K? Coletta? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Or Athleta. Wink, wink. You know, (laughs) I'm just going to plug myself here.
0: Please hire.
1: Vibrant Brown Girl, you can check out my headshots there.
0: Yes. (laughs) And for more information about Ivory, you can see more in the show notes. And children will always bang on the door. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the episode. You can find out more about Ivory in the show notes at www.momentummarket.io slash podcast. Until next time, please head over and subscribe and leave us a review so other mamas can find us and we can all create momentum together.